In the previous movie, we used Maya's sculpting tools to create the clothing creases on Emma's t-shirt, and then bake them into a normal map texture. In this movie, we'll use some additional tools to sculpt the patterns for her jacket, then use the techniques we developed previously to sculpt the creases and wrinkles on it as well. Make sure to set the current project to the provided scene folder, then open the file Sculpting Wrinkles, Part 2 Start. This file contains our Detective Emma character, now with a more wrinkled t-shirt due to our new normal map texture that reacts correctly to light. Unhide jacket layer and hide all the other layers. We want to repeat this process for her jacket, which currently has its shadows baked into a diffuse texture. As with the body before, duplicate the jacket and rename it Jacket High-Res Geo. Hide the original. Turn on wireframe on shaded and select the duplicate. This time before smoothing it, press the 3 key to turn on smooth mesh preview. In the previous movie, we used a simple smooth operation on the Emma mesh because it had a very organic smooth shape to begin with. However, this jacket mesh has very defined edges around the collar, zipper, waist, and sleeves. As you can see from this preview, smoothing the entire mesh causes you to lose those edges. To maintain them, we'll need to crease those edges. Press the 1 key to turn off Smooth Mesh Preview, then set Selection Symmetry to Object X. In the Modeling menu set, go to Mesh Tools, Crease. This tool lets us define edge creasing in our model so edges will still appear hard once smooth without increasing resolution. Select the edges around the collar. Hold the middle mouse button to display two values in the status bar. The crease value represents a subdivision level for the selected edges, resulting in a crease after a smooth operation. Lower values will still be partially smooth. Maximum value represents the crease value at which an edge will appear fully creased at a specific smoothness subdivision level. The smooth mesh preview we turned on earlier defaults to a subdivision level of 2, hence the maximum value here is also 2. However, we'd like for the collar to remain creased no matter how much we smooth the mesh. Therefore, middle drag in the workspace to increase the crease value all the way up to 10. This ensures the edges stay sharp up to 10 smoothness subdivision levels, which is more than we'll ever need for this tutorial. Switch back to Smooth Mesh Preview. The collar edges now remain creased. You can even test this at higher subdivision levels using the Page Up key. Turn off the preview again and use the same procedure to harden other edges as appropriate. With Smooth Mesh Preview turned on, go to Modify, Convert, Smooth Mesh Preview to Polygons. This creates a Poly Smooth Face node just like in the previous movie, and also maintains the Poly Crease node from our crease operations. As always, the higher you can set the divisions, the better results you'll get. In this case, we'll use a value of 6. 
you may be tempted to use the skills you developed in part one to get started on the jacket's wrinkles, but notice that there are some patterns stitched right into the leather as well. As a best practice, start with these foundational details first, and then add the extra wrinkles and creases over top of them. While we could begin with sculpting the cracked leather pattern itself, any smooth tool operations we perform later on during the pattern or wrinkle sculpting process will likely erase much of it. Instead, we'll begin by recreating the crosshatch pattern here at the collarbone. Rather than carve the individual stitches by hand, we'll use the imprint tool with a stamp to create all the stitches at once. Set strength to 0.1 and turn on invert since we like to carve our pattern into the mesh rather than lifting it up. Set direction to vertex normal. In this case, the pattern is symmetrical, so set mirror to object X. In the stamp section, click import and navigate to the source images folder. Select crosshatch.jpg. Now drag the mouse on the jacket, starting at the center of the crosshatch. The image appears over top of the model. Continue dragging to scale and position it to roughly match the current texture map, then release the left mouse button to imprint the pattern onto your model. Turn off Texture Display to make the imprint easier to see. The sculpting looks pretty accurate, but unfortunately it's bleeding over the boundary of the shoulders. Undo the imprint and return to Texture Display. In order to make sure only the correct area is imprinted, we're going to mask out the rest of the mesh using the Freeze tool. Select the Freeze tool and resize the brush. Paint over the crosshatched region until the whole area is blue. Note that the tool's strength setting represents the opacity of the freezing applied to the regions. Make sure your blue regions are fully opaque. You can control drag to erase painted areas. Also make sure to turn off mirroring temporarily for asymmetrical parts like the zipper. Once you're satisfied, click Invert Frozen to mask out the rest of the model and leave the painted region deformable. Now return to the imprint tool and create the crosshatch imprint again. Press Shift U to unfreeze the rest of the geometry. This time the pattern is limited to only the non-frozen geometry. There are a number of different seam styles around this jacket as well. For example, this one bordering the two sides of the crosshatch resemble a pair of bumps where two different materials meet. To recreate this shape, select the Sculpt tool. Set Strength to 0.2 and Mirror to Object X. Turn on Steady Stroke to ensure that our seams are drawn smoothly. To get the dip in the middle, Shrink the brush and draw along the center of the seam, holding control to invert the sculpt. This creates a dip separating the two sides just like we want.
For the rest of the seams, we can use the Repeat tool. This tool applies a stamp repeatedly over a painted region. Set Strength to 1.5 and Spacing to 70. The spacing allows us to enforce the distance between stamps so they partially overlap while sculpting, therefore creating the continuously stitched seams. Also turn off Mirror. In the Stamp section, import the file Stitch Stamp. Scale the brush appropriately and drag the mouse down the center stitch on the jacket's back. Switch to Smooth Shaded Display to view the results. Once happy with the center stitch, set Mirror to Object X and then sculpt the other seams. If you find that a particular area isn't showing up very well, you can use the Amplify tool to accentuate existing sculpts. Once you're done, you can use the skills you developed in the previous movie to sculpt the jacket's wrinkles and creases. Don't be afraid to experiment with more exaggerated sculpted features. Although they may look a little odd on your high-res mesh, they'll naturally flatten out a bit on the low-resolution one. Now you can add the actual leather pattern to the jacket. For this, you can use the Spray tool, which allows you to spray a pattern over a surface more randomly than the Repeat tool we used earlier. Set Strength to 0.3 and turn on Invert. It can also help to set Mirror to Object X, though this time that's not strictly necessary. In the Stamp section, make sure Randomize is turned on, then import the file Leather Pattern. Drag the mouse all over the jacket to lightly spray this pattern over it. Now we can use the Transfer Maps tool in the Rendering menu set to create a normal map like you did in the previous movie. Because some of the jacket details are very fine, you'll need to create a higher resolution map compared to the one before. In this case, we'll use map width and height values of 2048. Once you're done, hide the high res mesh and replace the file driving the jacket material's diffuse layer with the file jacket flat. Now all the shadows of your high res mesh are simulated on your low res one. You can use the sculpting skills you learned in this series not only for clothing, but for any model expected to have high detail.